Good morning, good evening, possibly good afternoon. This is Darius coming at you from the Don't Argue with Idiots podcast for episode number 12. Now, on this episode, myself and Cam, we're going to tackle the disastrous events that unfolded at Oxford High School. And then we're going to kind of question, should everyone be allowed to have and raise children? Later on, going and talking about the art of comedy coming under fire eventually. We're going to question, why are we still in this predicament in our country with COVID-19? with some possible solutions. All this and much more. Stay tuned for episode 12. Buckle up. Good morning, good evening, and possibly good afternoon. This is Darius Comanche from the Don't Argue with Idiots podcast for episode 12. And I am here from the man, the myth, the legend, Cameron Jowers from episode 5, Growth in the Girth. Happy to be here, buddy. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure and absolute honor simultaneously. And since uh, since then, and since I've been asking previous people about the show, I've been curious, you know, how have you been? How is your health? How is your mental? Since the last time we talked? Yes. Better. Like, last time we talked was right after the pandemic happened. It was the end of summer 2020, essentially. And that was when I lost a family member and like had uh, to get a new car and had to deal with like other health issues so that sucked but since then what has happened i lost another family member so that sucked uh i've had some more health issues so that sucked but strangely i'm doing better than like i have in a long time and what do you what would you attribute that to because uh, you're going under some similar uh circumstances as well but you're now able to handle it much better, as you stated, than you did previously. Would you say experience from losing someone? Or would you just say that you feel you have created a better, uh, and not necessarily have to be tied to emotional, but a better support system in place? Oh, that's, that's 100% it, is the support system. Because if all the stuff that has happened to me in the last two years happened to me like five years ago, mm-hmm. I'd probably be dead, honestly. Because like... That's a lot to handle. And for men specifically, like, they don't handle it well. Not at all. Men's health, men's, uh, mental Health Month was last month. And I think it's like Black History Month. We're just not going to talk about it again because <laughs> it's about time again. Yeah, but they don't want to talk about Men's Health Month because it's no not November. Mm. <laughs> it, did you participate? No. Did you win? No. Exactly. Dude, I busted on like the first day. I busted. I tried to bust every day. I start. I really just stop slowly masturbating as often as I like to. I don't know why. I don't know. I need to pick up my numbers. How often do you jerk off? It used to be like every other day, and now it's like once in a week and a half. Really? I forget. You forget to <laughs> I jerk forget. off? <laughs> I jerk off probably like, I don't know, four times a week. And I'm married, dude. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just like a horny dude. I don't know. Nah, I was I was mad horny, and now I'm like on my dry spell. I haven't had like, uh, I think I'm like, like two months now. Like I haven't had sex with someone. So. Is, is that a, a choice? Like, do yeah. you not want to have sex with people, or is just the opportunity hasn't come up? Opportunity exists. I just don't really care for it always at times. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, well, this is gonna be meaning meaningless. And then I started doing the thing where I was very honest with people, and I would tell them. This means nothing to me. Yeah, sometimes they wouldn't want to have sex after. And I was like, oh, that yeah, no, yeah. no shit. Well, dude, fucking honest. Have you talked to Deanna about this? No. Well, yes, kinda. 
we we scrape the surface about this thing. You should dive in the fucking pool because you what you're talking about is no what, pun intended. Yeah, yeah, no pun intended because obviously we know how that would go. Uh, but Dion it went through a similar thing to where he was just slaying. Yeah. Absolutely killing it. And then he had this realization in his mind, like, oh, I'm only doing this because of this and this. Like, this isn't, I'm not getting anything out of it. Correct. And then when he started to be honest with the people, he started to get the crazies mm. that were just, like, showing up and essentially trying to, like, claim him as their man. Mm-mm. And that he's not about that. So now he doesn't fuck with randos anymore. At least I don't think so. <sighs> not since I talked to him last. I was going to say, I was like, I, I usually talk to him every day, but we keep it, like, very, like, just jokingly a lot of times. And then sometimes we'll get in, like, a very in-depth conversation where I'm like, hey, man, this is talks I need to have more often. Oh, appreciate that, man. A legend I, tr- I hope to have on here. Uh, thank you for letting me sleep on your couch that time. And then also being someone that from, like, that came over on our day of hanging out and then banging them and then apologizing to me about it later. And I was like, dude, it's all right. Was, was that the, 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 the person that he fucked in the bathroom? No. I, that is a legendary story, and I wish I could meet that person still. Yeah, me too. God, imagine how bad you must want it that you're like, hey, let's go in this bathroom even though all of our friends are sleeping outside, and we're going to fuck on this dirty tile. That's me nowadays. Really? Yeah, I'm like, hey, we can do it. Now we're at a party. Want to go to the bathroom? I think it's just like I stopped caring and I was like, all right, let's do it. And then I was like, ooh, this is like feeding uh, just this pleasure center in my brain, but that's all, that's it. Like, it, it wasn't, there was never anything uh, substantial from it or that would like hold up the next day where I'm thinking about it. Uh, there's like one person I see. And yeah, might might add a flag there. <laughs> All right, let's just add a flag before we dive in. And I and I don't know. It's tough. It's tough to tell something that something means that means more to them than it means to you. But it's just because you think you don't have the ability for it to mean more. I mean, maybe, but it might also just be that there's no connection and that it really doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. I think I don't have the capacity at it right now. You don't have the capacity for, like, connection? Uh, I try, but then I think I just, it's me more trying. So, like, uh, there was someone I was seeing, she was, like, a vegetarian or a vegan or something. And so, anytime I do that, I end up just getting a bunch of vegan snacks here and whatnot and vegan food. Just to be accommodating, or I offer to make dinner. And, uh, I do that. Make some dinner. I think it was vegan mushroom stroganoff I made. Ooh, when I did that, good. oh yeah, she, I, I beat after that too. Uh, <laughs> and then after that, I was like, all right, I didn't care for this. I don't think I could ever. Obviously, I hope that my wife doesn't end up having some kind of food-related shit. But after the relationships that I've been in, mm-hmm. I don't ever want to have to compromise what I'm eating because somebody has dietary restrictions. Yeah. I, I feel for them. Yeah, like I get it. I understand you can't eat it. But don't try to stop me from eating it because food is where I derive so much pleasure from. Man, I, I think, and that's also goes back to like I'll try to change what I'm doing just to accommodate that. I mean, I always ask people on like first dates their food restrictions. Oh, I think the lowest I came, to, uh, lowest point I came with it was uh, 
one of my first dates. We went to Rockwell, and she came. She was, like, 15 minutes late. And if any of the women are listening to this, yes, I keep taking women to Rockwell. It's, like, my go-to. It's right down the street. Yeah, and they got some good <clears throat> stuff there. Phenomenal. I really enjoy the aesthetic as well. And the thing is, she came up, like, 15, 20 minutes late. Uh, she texted me to run late, so the cat got out. And I was like, yeah, so they chased the cat around the yard, right? Cat out the bag. <laughs> but she was also um, had a couple drinks before coming, mm-hmm. just as act as a social lubricant, I would right. imagine. And it's just like I think her third, her her first drink in there, she was just like slurring her words, and I was just like, all right. And then like we're vibing and whatnot, and at one point. And that's why I say it was the lowest. She told me, hey, there is this thing. I do have my, I live with my ex, actually, and his sister. <clears throat> and he is uh, bipolar. He is diagnosed bipolar. Uh, that's what kind of led to the end of our relationship. It just became too tough to handle the extremes. Well, yeah. Yeah. How do you not bring that up before you even talk about having a date? Yeah. Like, that's that's part. that's an essential part of your your yourself that you need to share with a person if you especially if you're trying to develop a connection with them like you you can't hide shit like that in the dark well, your boy was over here thinking like well you know how will we make it work yeah what the fuck <laughs> that dude no yeah. you shouldn't you shouldn't have to compromise your mental state because that's going to have a toll on your mental state knowing oh, yeah. that the person that you're trying to have a relationship with is living with their ex yeah. who also has mental health issues yeah like that's going to be on your mind constantly probably <laughs> not probably it was that's obviously why it didn't work out oh, or, that, that kept that one brief it didn't work out because she got drunk and i was just like hey you drive safe i can call you a lift or something and i'm just like did she end up driving no. Oh, did she end up driving? Yeah. yeah. I didn't want to. It can't come off as creepy, but I did my best to make sure I came off as like, hey, I'm, I'm caring. Just let me know when you make it home, please. And this would just be wild. Yeah. But also talking about the wildness that occurs in society in this world, unfortunately, we had a, uh, on November 30th, 2021, a mass shooting occurred at Oxford High School in the um, Detroit Excurb of Oxford Township. And that's where four students were killed, seven people were injured, including a teacher. And Thoris is arrested and charged 15-year-old sophomore Ethan Crumbly as an adult for 24 crimes, including murder and terrorism. Uh, later on, a few days, five days later, I believe, uh, his parents, Jennifer and James, were charged on December 3rd with involuntary manslaughter for failing to secure the handgun used in the shooting. Uh, as I read in the articles, the gun was only in his dad's nightstand no lock, nothing. Mm-hmm. Just right there. This one hits kind of close to home too, doesn't it? A little bit. Yeah. Nice. Like this is this is the first like mass shooting that's happened in Michigan, in my recent memory, that's been like kind of close to where we are. Like there was the one that happened way long ago in Detroit that kind of like kicked off like the it was right after the Columbine shit mm-hmm. where everybody was freaking about oh, about Marilyn Manson. But like this hasn't happened for a while and it's kind of. Surprising with how many guns are in Michigan, too. Mm-hmm. Because there's some gun nuts out here. And we're open carry. Yeah. Yeah. That's scary, dude. Uh, during the uh, riots, the, the protests that would later turn riots, you had people there uh, similar to the Kyle Rittenhouse where he was there to maintain the 
protesters, and that's what the people were downtown. They were downtown in Rosa Park Circle with their assault rifles and guns, and said, we're, we're here to make sure things don't get too crazy. I'm like, well, I don't, well, I don't think bringing <laughs> guns is going to... Yeah, and what, what, did they, what did they look like, the people that had these guns? Um, some call them white trash. Yeah. Do, I would do, also call them white trash. If, do you think if a, a group of educated, competent black men from Grand Rapids armed themselves with heavy artillery and went down to protect the city during, I don't know, uh, a vaccine mandate protest, hmm. do you think they would be confronted by police? I think they wouldn't even get that far. Yeah, I, don't I think, I they'd think there'd probably be some people dead. Yeah. Or at least getting beanbag shots to their fucking face. Okay. Warning round, first round, second round. So what they call it? They call it deer shot, buckshot, deer shot, buckshot. After that, buckshot, buckshot, buckshot. So that's like how you have to align. The first shot has to be a warning shot with BBs. The second one can be a live buckshot that kill a man. And then the, after that, you got to do another warning. And then after that, it's buckshot, buckshot, buckshot. No, dude, that's not how it's supposed to go. No? No. There shouldn't be no warning shots. If you have to shoot somebody, it should be to the point where you have to stop them. Correct. And you're probably going to end up killing them. And if you aren't to the point to where you have to stop somebody from harming another person, you probably shouldn't be shooting them. Because there's other fucking ways that we can handle this. Uh, do you think people... When we say there are other ways to handle this, can you expand on that a little bit more? Yeah, so example. Instead of having a gun that has live ammunition, why don't they carry guns that have pepper balls? Mm. It's, it literally looks like a regular gun. Yeah. But instead... They, when they go to cock it, they pop it down, mm -hmm. and it's loaded with, like, ten rounds that are essentially paintballs, but mm -hmm. they're filled with OC spray. And if you shoot it and it explodes within ten feet of the person, that's mm -hmm. going to stop them. Because, A, it hurts like a paintball, and, B, it's going to blind them and they're going to be coughing a bunch. So, when that happens, they're going to be incapacitated. Uh, I'm, I'm for that... And I'm not for that at the same time. I think lethal uh, would be the go-to when it comes to home invasions. Home invasions? Yeah. Like, you sh you should have a gun and shoot the other people? Yes. I don't even think so. You don't think so? No. Because if somebody, if somebody came in my house, I think I'd have a greater chance of shooting my wife or my dogs mm -hmm. with an actual gun. And I don't want to take that chance. I would rather have something that's less lethal because I'm not... Like, I don't, I don't go out and shoot guns a bunch. Yeah. I don't even own any guns, except for a pellet gun. So it's like, I'm not going to have a gun in my house when I'm not an expert with it. Yeah. And if somebody is breaking into the house... What do you define as expert? Like, someone that takes a course? I would say taking a course would be mandatory. Yeah. Okay. And then, so if, it, if you're trained on it, it's more, we're worried about having other people possibly there and... I'm going to take dogs out of this because I'm not going to have a dog. It's, but. it's just about a risk assessment because, mm -hmm. like, if somebody's breaking into the house, the risk is they could kill you. Yep. The risk is you could kill them mm -hmm. or you could kill somebody else, especially if you have a gun, mm -hmm. like a real gun. And I would rather be put in a situation where even if they're breaking into my house, mm -hmm. I can just get them out because I don't want to kill them. I don't want to kill people. Like, But you would if you had to, though, right? What do you think? I don't know if I would. Okay. I really don't. Like, What do you think uh, made you come to that realization? Because that's different than what you had in the past, I'd say. Um, I don't know. Maybe I just became kind of a pussy. 
No, you're not a pussy. I think I've always been a sort of a pacifist because, like, I like conflict, but I like verbal conflict. Mm -hmm. But I don't like physical altercation, and I don't like people, like, testing me. Mm -hmm. Or, like, when I was in high school, I had this kid named Brett Ames. uh, Shout out if you ever listen to this, Brett, who came out and sucker punched me. And I just, like, in high school... And I just turned around and, like, just smiled at him. And then he got tackled by a teacher. Because, like, I don't want to fight people. I don't want to get hit in the face. I don't want to get hurt. Like, I have to deal with enough shit. I think that versus the home invasion. My first, uh, my first go-to is I got to end it. If they get out and they escape, they come back. And they'll come back with more. And, like, people are very spiteful and vengeful in that sense. And that's what kind of leads to just the the murders that kind of already take place down south. Uh, Like, I had a cousin recently. Shout out to you in heaven, or whatever. But he was murdered uh, when he, they were just at the, they were shooting, they were uh, at people. And the gentleman turned fire and killed him. I'm sorry. Like, that really sucks. That's alright. Let me see it. But... Uh, I think that's that's it's reactionary. I don't okay. want to be reactionary. I want to be the other word, the opposite of that. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, so I don't want I don't want to I don't want to kill people regardless of what they're doing because I don't know the circumstance. Regardless of what they're doing, I don't know the circumstance that put them in, in the position, position to have to do that. Mm. Like for example, let's say I'm sitting in my house and somebody starts breaking in. And I just shoot them dead. Yeah. What if that person was breaking in because they got like three kids and they just got fired and they just lost their this and that and their wife was cheating on them and they're just trying to get enough so they can like or get some stuff so they can feed their children. I'm like, sorry, it, my house. The, 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 my house is not the place for this. I think uh, there's plenty of times where you could kind of see things on the outside that will let you know we're not welcoming. Uh, of strangers, especially at this time, mm-hmm. between uh, 12 a.m. and 5 a.m. Yeah, but that's not when most break-ins happen. What happened? They happen like 9, 8? No, they happen in the middle of the day. Oh. Because they expect people to be gone. Because mm-hmm. burglars don't want to encounter people. True. So that's when, that's why, like, burglars, people who break into steal shit, they don't have the intention of killing you. Mm-hmm. Like, they have the intention of some, getting something valuable, getting the fuck out, and never, like, getting seeing you again. And never getting caught. So burglars, I'd say they also sometimes have the attention of going after people as well for spiteful reasons, such as uh, there's this, this guy, I'm a producer, I'm sure you heard of him before, uh, was it Hitmaker? Nope. Hitmaker, Hitboy? Mm-hmm. He made probably a ton of the music he loved to, the, to this day. And thing is, so it left him very jaded in the dating world because it was just someone he was talking to and whatnot. And then she just sent him spicy message like, hey, uh, you know, get in the hot tub. It's going to be great. Come on over. And they're coming over to rob and also kill him, making sure he's put in a very uh, vulnerable position. Mm-hmm. So I just, I, I think in my mind, it's like there's people like in, that rob people that are very wealthy. Uh, sometimes when they're there or just to harm them or they have the shootouts where it's become very common and I say there's part of me is like, all right, they are aware that someone is there and they're coming in with intent with being so fully uh, armed at that point mm-hmm. versus our common burglar that's not armed. Uh, we're, they're coming for uh, blood, for lack of a better term. Yeah. 
and I guess that also and, takes account your what where your value is as a person, like where you know where you're like, who are you? Who I am would, I robbing? Yes. Yeah, I mean, if you treat people like shit, of course you're going to have a, a higher chance of somebody breaking into your house and trying to kill you. I think if you, just, if you don't even treat people like shit, it's just more of who, your status at that point. Like, if I'm more well-known or have high, of higher status, uh, especially from the African-American community, I will have a, uh, a bigger tar- target mm-hmm. on my back versus someone that laid low. Uh and that just comes back to that jealousy and people are very spiteful. And as always, guys, that is the auto feeder that you get to hear in every episode. And we feed our cat. And like I said last time, that comes off, that goes on daily. It does not happen, like I said, on accident monthly. I do apologize. <laughs> but here's the thing, dude. I would rather live my life in a compassionate way. Mm. In in a state of not bliss but it's just i don't want to i don't want to believe that we're living in a world that is full of people who hate other people or people who like want to harm like i know we are yeah I'm sorry. i know we are don't get me wrong shooting <laughs> but th- that that kind of brings me back to like what we were talking about with the the oxford high school thing mm-hmm. earlier so i know it's terrible to say but when it first happened I I felt compassion for the kid. And I felt bad for the kid. Just as I feel bad for and I I could see the way you're looking at me like now. Just as I feel bad for all the people who aren't getting the vaccine and are dying from COVID because they're victims of things that we of circumstances that we can't see. So, for example, we don't know what this kid's been through, right? Correct. Could have been bullied every day. Could have been bullied every day. Every could have could have been ass raped by his dad for yep. years. Yeah. Could Mad have. Press. Yeah. Yeah. Could have had mental health issues. Probably did. Shout November. Uh huh. Does that mean that he should shoot up a school? No. Does that mean he's a lost cause? Also no, in my opinion, because I think that there are things that put him in the position where he did that. Yeah, like getting a gun. Yeah, like getting a gun from his, like getting a gun from his parents. Correct. When he is obviously having behavioral issues, and it's like maybe if you address the behavioral issues, then this wouldn't happen. Because a long time ago, when I was um, doing some some research in my undergrad, mm-hmm. I learned about something called uh, social bonds theory, and that's essentially where you have these bonds to like your family, your friends, the community, and those bonds are what keep keep you within states of conformity mm-hmm. to social norms and when those bonds are broken you're more likely to commit criminal behaviors or criminal activity because you don't have those that restrictions no it's you're you're afraid of losing people when you have those bonds when you don't have those bonds there's nothing holding you back and you're just filled with resentment and pain and so when i'm talking about this kid Brains don't start or stop developing until you're 25. Yep. So the next 10 years of life for this kid, he could be a completely different person. And because he was a school shooter, he could turn his life around and help a lot of people. He won't because they're going to put him in prison for the rest of his life. Exactly. Where we don't believe in reform inside prison. Yeah. Even though though the Supreme Court has ruled that um, you can't put minors in prison without a parole... Um, hearing for the rest of their life. It's mm-hmm. unconstitutional. They've already ruled on it. So, 
he'll be out. He's not going to stay in there for the rest of his life. His oh, parents, man. his parents are fucked. Yeah. They're going to be in there for the rest of their life, probably. But Especially when they were on the run. Did you hear that? What stopped them from getting to Canada? <laughs> yes. Because they were unvaccinated. Uh-huh. Isn't that just sweet, sweet irony? It's nuts. Uh, my one issue is that we go to, like, let's say when this, this kid was initially, when this, the shooting initially happened. I fucking hate the picture I saw that they posted. Oh, you put this innocent picture, and it looks like this elementary school image, and then I'm just like, all right. Let's actually get the video of him, or the image of him actually being uh, incarcerated. What is it? What am I looking for? Processed in. Yeah. Because anytime there's tragedy that starts or happens in the African American community, they don't get the picture. They get they get when he was processed in. They use that picture. We're not gonna get mm-hmm. the innocent picture. We're not gonna get why he did it. I never hear the reason for like because I just see it later. It's like oh he was depressed. Other students say this. I was like other students say this. This the third. But we don't get that same, uh, we're not privy to that same privilege yeah, of just not being painted. Like, they, immediately they tried to paint this, this white 15-year-old teenager in a better light mm-hmm. and give him his reason for this. But if anything else happens and he was a black man, oh, God, this, this doesn't happen at all. We, yeah. You don't have the conversation. It's, I don't think it makes big this big of news. Yeah, and that, that's what's infuriating about it is because, like, we shouldn't be doing this to the kid because he's white. We shouldn't be trying to paint him in a better light. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be doing this to these people because they're black. We shouldn't automatically try to make them out to be the, the whatever devil you want them to be. Mm-hmm. We should treat both of these situations with compassion instead of looking at it like he's good, he's bad. Because like they're, they're trying to build a narrative. Correct. And they have built a narrative. And that narrative is very prevalent in culture today. That's why so many people are afraid of black people. And they are. People are people are terrified of black people. Yep. And I don't get it because... You're raised in a very, uh, not, I mean, diverse area. No, versus I, these what? Yeah, no, that oak is just diverse compared to the rest of the, not, the rest. Not when I was in high school. Not when I was in high school. Oh, really. you get a few tokens. Yeah. But and, you're still within, I'm talking the district, like when you, you go and you interact with other black people. Uh, these people, even, like through sports, even these people, they're not used to seeing Mm-mm. niggas outside the TV. I know. Yeah, and it's I I can relate more with the black community than I can with the white community, and I know that it doesn't. Say that one more time. I, as a white man, mm-hmm. can relate more with the black community than I can with any white community, because growing any white community. Yeah. All right. All right. Because. I feel like I have had similar experiences growing up that shape the values of black people. Mm-hmm. And I, sh- I feel like I have similar values. And that's why so many of my good friends are black. And why so many of the people that I try to avoid are just those cookie cutter, like basic, like white people. Yeah. Because black people are more genuine. And because black people. I just, I feel more comfortable around, like, I don't, it's hard to say, because... It's okay, we're recording. I, I, I almost um, resent, like, white people for what they did, because my family was, like, really terrible and, like, racist, as most white families were, like, growing up. Mm-hmm. And then I had this worldview, like, learning this... And then I have this experience in the real world 
where like this isn't these two things aren't aren't matching up so that was like the initial when i realized like oh like I, i'm, I'm kind of different from everybody else here like i don't really relate to most people in my family do you believe and i had this conversation with someone else who because they said their wife fiance or whoever to have working as a social worker actually opened his eyes to a lot of these issues that take place and it I know it's coming from a very positive place because they're acknowledging now like there's friends that didn't know about uh, the racial disparities that take place within this country until the protests and like it's really enlightening to have friends like uh, Mitch ask like hey what is going on in the world and how can I be you know be on that side of help it's also very frustrating as well because it's like they're shielded from all this and now it's like we talk about it plenty i think or maybe it's just the sources or people i'm around but it's like you're just now finding or this new discovery of something that's existed for so long i don't know it's like oh i can think it's like it's like with the shooting it's like oh i couldn't think it would happen here mm-hmm. well these racist things that take place or just the way and it's just like we i've had some very very uncomfortable just times where people don't really understand it or don't think it's happened like i've been in a house one time and uh i recall that someone had this uh thing where they lost a bet and so they had to get a haircut and i was like oh that's actually a pre-fly cut and then a gentleman said oh you have that negro haircut and at first, no one heard it type of thing. Like, I heard it, but mm-hmm. it was a, you hear it, you don't want to say it. It says it louder again. And then it's just a silence. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to. They, they tried to do the thing where you just kind of cup up. Oh, my God, my bad. I'm sorry. I'm like, bro, the way it came out your mouth, like, that's a word you use. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's like, think of, think of the words that are flowing through that person's head. Because that Natural. is what they chose to like. They thought that was okay. And funny. And funny. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know, man. I I think race relations in the country are better than they ever have. I just don't think a lot of people like to, they don't like to acknowledge how far we've come because they can only see how far we need to go. Uh, I think people have the inability to acknowledge the the past mm-hmm. and it's slowly like not being teached. Like I, I learned more about some of the, the cruel history of white people honestly nowadays that i did in school and then you know we do the thing where we give a shit about black people for a month for 28 days like i don't know it's there's a, such a an ignorance around it and it gets it gets so fucking frustrating i'd like to do this thing i do every year at a company i've been at for many years i go ask them hey when do you think black history month is Everyone thinks October for some reason. What? So fucking weird. Why October? I don't know. They said there's a lot of holidays right then. That's like around when Thanksgiving and everything else is coming and Halloween. And you thought Black History Month was then? This is... Black History Month has been highlighted by, like, the media and everybody on the internet and the school system so hard for the last 15 years and you still can't... It's... That's that's just ignorance. That's all that is. That and people's lack of having empathy. There's someone I... um, I've worked with before, and I had, and it, it frustrated me because I had, there was a patient that made a false claim, stating that I was, you know, they owed money, and so they was like, "Hey, yeah," he just forced me and walked and followed me to my car, 
to make sure I would pay. And I was like, no, they people were behind me actually. They saw I, I just sat here and waited for you to come back. I was like, I said, I'll take your word for it. I believe you. And he made that false claim, and then I I bring it up after I hear about it. I was like, hey, I'm not gonna work with that person anymore, and I'm very upset. And they said, why are you upset? I was like, this they made a false claim of something I did, and from there, that's you know, like lie. They could probably go further with that. Mm-hmm. And she didn't get it at all. And then I, I at that point, I, I'm, I said, I'm sorry that you live in this strange bubble where you don't know where accusations can lead to. Um, accusations will get you shot. Accusations will get you shot, murdered, or imprisoned. Mm-hmm. And it just sucks because, like, that's where we're at. We're at this where a lot of people are getting out of prison for uh, crimes they didn't commit. Uh, a lot of people are still going into prison or being almost executed with insufficient evidence. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's this veil of white ignorance that, that looms, and that's it's just, it's tough. Yeah, and the toughest part about is it, the toughest part about it is that white people expect black people to educate them on their ignorance instead of them using per- resources yeah pursuing it because you you act you have a genuine interest because mm-hmm. you want to genuinely help people and that's the biggest problem is that people don't genuinely want to help people people don't care about people anymore dude yeah. as as a whole as a whole i think people are good and i have hope for the future and i have a belief that everybody is trying their best mm-hmm. i really deeply believe that everybody is trying their best but their best isn't good enough sometimes and their best is even harmful sometimes because yes. because their lack of effort leads to scenarios like we're talking about because that lady saying oh why are you upset like after having all of that happen to you and watching your reactions and how you go about it it's just a complete lack of empathy and understanding understanding and a lack of caring for you mm-hmm. because if that was her put in that situation i'm sure she'd be freaking out well the the thing that got us back on the topic where i actually brought it up to her recently was because of, we had someone else where uh they're changing up the way their leadership works at, i think a home depot or something like that and um, they're like reducing the amount of supervisors, but increasing the amount of managers. And the, man- the managers will overlook uh, more departments, and supervisors will help assist in that. Well, anywho, gentleman's just trying to, you know, got an interview for the spots. And there's just some girl that just was um, that works there that just made this false statement saying that he and another coworker had sex, and it makes him uncomfort- uncomfortable to be around. And this is a completely false statement as I'm talking to her. Uh, uh, it's her boyfriend, but she's mm-hmm. telling about it. And yeah, he's, it, the job has zero tolerance for it. And when you have zero tolerance, you don't really listen, and it's just going to be tossed out, and you might just lose your job based on a false accusation. And I said, "Don't you get it? That's what. Well, that's why I felt the way I did. Mm-hmm. A false statement being made, and from there it just grows." Yeah, dude. White women got me, man, <clears throat> because they don't they don't realize how fucking good they have it. Compared yeah. to everyone else, like yes, you are not the ideal citizen. You're not, yeah, and you're not on the top of the the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that you got it bad. Like just because there's not female CEOs mm-hmm. in charge of every company, or just because it's not fifty fifty on the gender gap, doesn't mean that things are terrible for you. Like white women 
have it so good. Call your, you can snap your fingers and the police officers will come. Yes. Yes. And they don't, they don't acknowledge that. They don't acknowledge that, yes, they may be marginalized, but compared to other people, they are sitting on such a throne of privilege. Yeah. And they are so quick to toss around their victim status and to t- just to tear other people down. I live in a very victim mentality world at this I know. point. Uh, why, is it, why are these things happening to me and why me? And not really thinking about why you're in this position, actually. Mm-hmm. What choices did you make that led you to this position? That's the problem, dude, <laughs> is that everybody, whenever something happens to people, everybody is quick to point fingers mm-hmm. instead of looking inward and saying, what can I change? And this is, <laughs> Annie doesn't listen to these, mm-hmm. but if she ever did, um, I'm going to bring up something that we argue about pretty frequently. And... Uh, it's very normal to have arguments in marriages. It's necessary. And, and it's necessary, exactly. Yeah. We talk through the shit that is difficult that we don't want to talk to, talk through. So Annie is always like, this, here's this behavior that you have. Here's how it affects me. I want you to change your behavior because it affects me like this. And then I get upset because I come back and say, this is having an impact on you because of this. And you want me to change this because it's having an impact on you. Instead of you looking inwards and saying, what can I do to just stop that? You see what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, why, why do I have to change everything about me because it's having an impact on you? And we've had conversations about that all the time. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a give and, give and get a little... Like you feel like you made progress every every time yeah, you have it. Yeah, you have to because every time, you know, we go a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper. And it's there are some things that I could easily change that would stress her out less. Mm. And I do sometimes. But there are other ones that, like, that's, that's a hill that I'll die on. For example, mm. we were, the other day we were talking about um, bad things that could happen in life that would cause us to get divorced. Mm-hmm. And her immediate reaction was, there's nothing in this world that could cause that. <laughs> like, I, I believe we can make it through everything. And I'm like, I can name five things off the top of my head that would cause us to have a divorce right away. Yeah. And then and what she said to that was, next time, can you just not tell me that? And I said, no. Like, I'm not going to lie to you about stuff yeah. like this. Because that's, that's a moral line that I'm not willing to cross. Because then it makes me compromise my values to try to make you feel better. Because you don't want to address the issues yourself. Mm. So... What that is really about is that that's about empowering people through growth, because you have to have you have to let people fail, yes, in order for them to grow. That's that's what empowerment is. It's creating an environment that you control, where people can fail safely, so that they can learn from the failure and grow from it. Is that why um, when it comes to something like this, a tragedy occurring, do you feel like back to Oxford? It's it's making this area, the city, or township hit us such a hard low that now they're going to come together and grow even stronger from it? I think so, yeah. I think that there's going to be a lot of good that happens to that high school and that community because of this tragedy. Because you have to hit that low. And, like, you have to hit rock bottom. It's like with addicts. They don't really change their behavior patterns until they hit that rock bottom. Mm-hmm. Because they have to see a light at the end of the tunnel in order to have that behavioral change. 
fight or flight. Yep. And when you have tragedies happen in life, mm -hmm. realizations like that happen. Now, I'm going to say that this, I think this uh, city or township is going to come back very strong. I think if that happened in Muskegon Heights, I don't think that, I don't think they do the same thing. I don't think it bounces back as strong. I think people look at it, this is a normal thing. This should have been mm -hmm. expected. I agree. Okay. I 100% agree. Just checking with that. Yeah. Because if, like, if, if a kid walked in and shot up Muskegon Heights right now and yeah. killed 10 people, it w I don't even think it would make, like, it, it might make national news, but it wouldn't be like it is now. Correct. Where I'm running on a treadmill and I'm looking at three different news outlets and they're all talking about it. Yeah. And it's like they're so focused on it and it's, they're focused on it because, like we said earlier, they're trying to tell a narrative. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to make sense of it and they're trying to make people believe that it is one way or another instead of thinking through it critically by themselves because that's that's all the media is nowadays. It's there's no independent media. It's all here's what we think is right, so here's what we think you should believe. It's not these are the facts. You come up with your opinion on your own. It's these are what we believe to be the facts and we talk about it. But that's the most dangerous thing about it now when you can come up with your own opinion because you can go on the internet and anyone can it's the internet. People can just write whatever they want. And so you can find something to to back up any claim that you make nowadays. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think that's the harder actually a uh, corner for the older people, the boomers. They're used to news being so factual where they believe it off rip. And now they actually have to do research and look like, hey, this article's from a while ago. Oh, it wasn't updated since then. There's been new evidence information out, but they don't do that. Dude, they don't do that because no one taught fucking <clears throat> boomers how to do research. No one talked th taught them about media literacy. Mm. That's why, we have leagues and leagues of freaking people on Facebook saying, oh, I did my own research. The vaccine doesn't work. It's like, are you a fucking doctor? Are you a fucking doctor? Oh, really? Yeah. Can you also tell me what's in that, that Taco Bell crunch yeah. wrap you ate? Please, please tell me what this nodule on my colon looks like and what it means for me since you're a fucking doctor. Yeah. Goddamn experts. Fucking terrible. But we will be right back in just a moment. We're going to tackle some more positive news in just a bit. And we are right on back just like that. Feels like a moment didn't even leave. God, I love you. I, I love the way you do that. <laughs> I love you too. Uh, but now let's talk about some positive news. There's a lot of serious stuff to get into first, but what's some positive news that's going on in your life? In my life? Yeah. There's nothing but positive news. I got a new job, so I don't, I'm not a security staff person anymore, so I don't have to like constantly deal with kicking homeless people out of buildings and dealing with drunk drivers and all the stupid shit that comes along with that job and now i'm a mailman mm -hmm. so all i do is i just deliver packages all day for the university and people are always so happy to see me so that's awesome uh i'm a part of a fellowship i actually got an award uh for this fellowship earlier this year i was uh named the david and carol van andel fellow for this program that i'm in it's mm -hmm. just called the cook leadership academy so what this academy is essentially, is it's taking students from different universities uh, around West Michigan, mm -hmm. and it puts them together into groups, and it puts us through different lecture series, workshops, mentoring, um, just great opportunities. That's really what the entire thing is about, is it's a, just a giant opportunity. So some things that I've got out of it that have been fucking awesome in the last year, I became a lead fellow because this is my second year in it. And with that comes responsibility of a 
essentially being like a leader for a group of about six people. Mm -hmm. And for me, because I'm in grad school, most of my people are also in grad school. So to have the opportunity to be a leader and somebody that these people can look up to, mm -hmm. it has like such a positive impact on me. Like that is so meaningful to me to have these people who like look up to me mm -hmm. and watch what I'm doing and watch how I'm behaving and treating other people and trying to do that. And dude, the people in my group are so, they're so fucking awesome. So, um, one of them, his name is Jay. Mm -hmm. He wants to be a plastic surgeon. He's about to, he's going to go to medical school. One of them named, uh, their name is Ash. She is just started grad school. She's awesome. They're awesome. Um, she's non-binary. Uh, another one, her name is Sarah. She's a mom, but she is going back to grad school while raising a kid. And she's in this Cook Leadership Academy. And it's like, you have to go to like, usually about event or two a week and they're about four hours each and you have to meet with a mentor like once a week and you have to write journals on it and who's the other person in my group? That's mad juggling right there of many yeah. hats yeah and we we have different people from different industries come and talk to us mm -hmm. so we had the ceo of cherry health uh her name was tasha black blackman yeah i think tasha blackman um, she came and talked to us about like leadership and how she got to the position that she was in and the different people have had impacts on them. Um, we had the guy who was the inspiration for the movie Black Hawk Down. Mm -hmm. He came and talked to us, Sergeant Matt Evers, I think. Um, we've talked to Chief Isaac McKinnon, who was the chief of the Detroit Police Department, and he was one of the people that were leading the city of Detroit. We have a luncheon with Grand Rapids Mayor Rosalind Bliss next month. Um, Active. Even better than that, I, I got invited to a Boy Scout leadership dinner. Never been in Boy Scouts, never been in Cub Scouts. Yep. I was just an opportunity because somebody got COVID. Mm -hmm. Fucking obviously. Um, <laughs> and I show up to this dinner. Like I had Annie like, drive me out of suit out of nowhere. And I show up to this dinner. And who's the speakers? Betsy DeVos, the Secretary of Education, and Rex Tillerson, the Secretary of State. And it's like, I'm, I have all these opportunities um, that have been presented to me, and I'm finally starting to feel like I deserve them, mm -hmm. and that I'm in the position I'm in now because of how I take advantage of those opportunities. Because I've, I experience a lot of imposter syndrome, like, all the time. Elaborate on that for people that don't know. So imposter syndrome is when you feel like you don't have the credentials or you don't have the the requirements to be to fit within a, a role or a group. So when I first started CLA, I was just a, a regular guy who was a security guard for a university and wasn't um, I didn't have anything really special about me like all these other people that were in CLA were like, they're going and speaking at like political conferences and they're doing like actual research and they are leading like marches on campus and they're leading the charter school's office in with Grand Valley and providing schooling and education for all these kids. And I'm just a security guard. So I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like I deserved to be among all of those people. 
but what I realize is that it's I, I do deserve to be part of them around all those people because it's about how I interact with mm -hmm. people. It's about how I lead for people by example. And it's about the impact that I bring to people. And that's, that's what gets me out of bed in the morning. Honestly, that's, I love my job and it's, it's, it's funny to say because a lot of people like hate their job, but I, 100%. I hated my job before. I hated being a security guard. I hated working under Carrie Balcom. I don't give a shit if she listens to this. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I will be, I will be, I will be frank. I love my job now because I'm in a position where I'm performing a service for people and everything that I do in the course of a day is for people. So I, I, that's why I'm so good right now. That's why I'm in such a good spot mentally, physically not so much because I haven't been working out. Like I'm, I'm fit, I'm not fat, but mentally I'm feeling real strong. I've also been reading a lot so that has a lot to do with it. Mm. I'd say that you are one of the more, most impactful people I've ever met in my life. And I, I guess you're you're just because you're in that position, uh, you might be a, a bit oblivious to just how much impact you have amongst your friends, especially. Yeah, uh, especially like I have you guys, y'all tell me this shit all the time. And what is my response to it usually? I'm just a dude. I'm just a normal fucking guy. Yep. I didn't I didn't do anything special for you all. Eh, that'll put us in a position to win. It's almost like I do, I know so many people where oh, I'm gonna go live in Grand in, uh, in Grand Rapids. All right, sure. Just met you guys. Let's let's get a house. Oh, you got your job there too. Oh, all right. That's pretty sweet. I, I need one of those. Yeah, but that's that. Is helping someone, giving them the necessary resources so they can grow. Yeah, oh man, sounds like a leader. It's because I want other people to have the opportunities that I have. Because I I don't I don't like watching my friends fail. Like, and that's why when I talk to people, especially my friends who are going through difficult times with like work, I'm like, fuck, dude, just come and come and work with me at the university. Like, we can make it through this. Like, it it may not be fun, but you'll figure out where you figure out the direction that you want to be going in life because that's what's that's what's making the world such a shitty place is that no one has any any meaning anymore they don't do anything that's meaningful to them they do things to make themselves happy and if you do things to make yourselves happy you're going to be miserable in the long run because mm -hmm. happiness is fleeting meaning is how you don't kill yourself by the age of 45 sound table kidding but I think, uh, like you said, a lot of people do lie to themselves. I'd say for myself, when it comes to work, I'm happy in the sense of where I want to help people. So helping people is like my big thing. I love to help. And if I can help people, especially just with their health, you know, something that is one, deteriorating if they're not taking care of it, which they usually aren't, the reason why they're seeing them, unless they had a free accident or genetics. And two, it's it's helping take away pain that has taken so much control of their life where now they can be happy and smile again. Like mm -hmm. everything I do, I do it for the result of someone being happy or smiling. Mm -hmm. Whether I'm doing, um, I'm working at the chiropractic office or if I'm just going up and telling jokes on stage. I just want people to laugh, people to smile. Um, 
I might, and I'll talk to you about it actually, uh, do one and a half days of the 4-H because uh, they brought that back. They are, dude. I would be so dumb to do that again. Yeah. Well, we're just going to do one and a half days. That's okay. Not the full three. Uh, just so I've been following the same dates as Electric Force. So I, was like, oh. I was like, oh, darn. <laughs> My, me and Annie were actually thinking about uh, volunteering to so we could get some free tickets to go. Oh, dude, it's amazing. I know a few people are like EMTs that do it, mm-hmm. and they tell you, yeah, you get free access. I was like, all right, sweet. And pretty good campus spot. But with all of like everything I'm trying to do to make people smile, at the end of the day, I mean, you when you give, 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 and even though it's failing, it's not an equal exchange. You know? What do you mean? Um, giving, and I, let's say I can help 100 people. I help 100 people a month. But, and 90% of those people, so 90 people, uh, get the results they're looking for, smiling, happy, awesome, I'm making this big change in their life, they talk to me to their significant other, they talk to me about everything, but let's say five people aren't, and those five people are the most draining people at that point. Uh, part of me wants to say, maybe they haven't had someone actually listen to them in their, their life, but those five people, oh, it's tough. The other five, uh, they're, they're chilling. There's usually they they ended up with their results based on their uh, behavior and lack of commitment. Yeah, dude, that's well. It, it goes back to what I was talking about with empowerment. Like you can only do so much for people because you can't fix everybody's problems because mm-hmm. that just creates what we have nowadays, where people are fucked because they are unable to cope emotionally, mentally, physically with the difficulties of life because life isn't fucking easy and it's not going to get any easier the older we get the more people in your family and your friends are going to die the worse your health is going to be the more chance there is going to be of war like life isn't going to get easier you remember we're talking about positive news right i know (laughs) know. there's something there's a positive spin on this Here's, here's the positive spin on this you can make it through all of that you can you can but what you have to do is you have to do things that are meaningful to you. You can't do things just because they make you happy. Because okay, uh, I, see <laughs> that, I see that face. Let me let me let me explain a little bit. So I read I read this book earlier, um, called Maps of Meaning, and it essentially explores how religious and moral values were an evolutionary mechanism created by our brain in order to cope with the trauma of the uh of death essentially mm. because that's it's it's something that people don't like to talk about or think about ever i talked on my previous episode uh about when when you come to recognizing your own mortality because mm-hmm. as things start to deteriorate and you start to slowly whether you understand that hey I'm not invincible because i mean as a kid you don't really think about it that much but i started asking questions like eight because yeah, I was like, yo, what happens when we die, Grandma? I go to heaven. I was like, mm, that's not good enough for me. I need more. <laughs> I need more. <laughs> but it's, oh, it's, 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 it's interesting. Because, like, you, we made that change from being invincible, but now, like, if I step wrong, my knee's going to hurt and I'm going to pass out. Yeah, dude. Shout I, out to my king. I, <laughs> I love you. I, I love you, too. I spent, I spent... Uh, three days last weekend, sitting on the couch, binge watching um, a TV show called Them. Have you ever heard of it? No. 
Oh, dude, you would fucking love it. It's like Get Out, except it's a mini series. On what? Uh, it's okay. So it's a, oh no, I meant streaming service for a second. Oh, it's on Amazon Prime, and okay. it's about a black family who moves from the south to Compton in California when it was an all-white neighborhood. Oh, okay. So it talks about the experiences that they go through, and then it's also like a psychological thriller slash horror because you don't know if this bitch is going crazy or if there's like some paranormal shit happening in the house. Mm-hmm. Very good series. You would like it. It's it's terrible, but it's good at the same time because it makes you think. And it, it, it makes you confront these issues that are still there. Maybe mm-hmm. not as out in the open, but... They exist. Yeah, they exist. I uh, actually did something similar where I sat down and I... Uh, like, I usually never really sit down and watch TV. I did that. Uh, and it was crazy rewarding how I felt to actually sit there and not have to use my brain. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was, that was pretty cool. I, did, I was very surprised about it. I was like, oh, man, I'm actually very happy with this. But now let's kind of move on to, like, we talk about comedy, and especially nowadays, it's just been under fire, especially where Dave Chappelle's most recent uh, performance on Netflix, uh, it was called The Closer. And so the thing is, if people wanted to get it canceled, uh, basically... The special segments uh, has jokes and discrimination against African-American community relative to discrimination against the LGBTQ community. The special received a mixed reception from critics while LGBTQ groups called for the special's removal from the service. And some Netflix employees criticized and protested Chappelle's jokes about the transgender community. Netflix CEO Ted reportedly defended the special as freedom of artistic expression. What do you think? Oh, I think comedy is the one thing that we we are looking too deep within, but at the same time, that is the beauty of comedy. You're having a conversation about something that exists, uh, where this conversation normally isn't even talked about. Mm-hmm. So people don't talk about, hey, man, we're pretty impressed with the LGBTQ, of how far you guys have came in you know, such a short period of time, mm-hmm. but you got to still respect the struggle of the african-american community that is struggling to even trying to like we're impressed we see you out there in that race but you still have the ability to because a lot of people are, are you're still there's a lot of people that are white in lgtq mm-hmm. and it's like i don't get a choice to be a nigga i get i'm a nigga 24 7 yeah uh let's say this person is facing some type of discrimination and they are a white woman well, yeah, you still have, you know, you can play any side of the fence you want. Uh-huh. You don't have to tell them your sexuality. You, It's not like you can you can be like, oh, I'm going to just wear a burqa all the time so you can't ever tell that I'm black so that you don't treat me bad. Like, you don't have that privilege. And they have that privilege. And what I like about the way Dave Chappelle outlaid or outlined his... It wasn't even an argument. He was just trying to have... He was trying to open up a conversation about that topic mm-hmm. because you can't even touch that topic without people immediately calling for you to be fired or you f- to be this or that. And it's like, did you listen to what the man is saying? Yeah. Did you watch his whole fucking special? Like, how... Like, you're so quick to react instead of sitting there, listening to his perspective, listen to what he's trying to tell you. Like... He doesn't have anything against the trans community. Not at all. What he has something against is the ideologues, is the people within them who it's their way or the highway. 
you know, they're they're not they want to control everything top down and if you don't submit, then we're coming for you. And that's exactly what kinda happened with the baby after he made his outlandish comments where we're very crude. But my issue with that situation is that he was given the right of passage to come back and perform through said uh, person I never even heard of before. It was like at the head of uh, LGBTQ Community uh, Alliance. And he was head of that and he basically gave his blessings and he was able to go right back on Rolling Loud, the same uh, festival that, you know, this all started with. I mean, like I said, his his comments were nasty and derogatory, but uh, I just don't think... I don't... Here's the thing, dude. I don't give a fuck what your comments are in your comedy. If it's comedy, I'm okay with it. Oh. I will I will defend a fucking Nazi's uh, right to make jokes about whatever he wants if he's on the comedy stage. That okay. doesn't mean I like the person. Correct. That doesn't mean I believe what he's saying. But that is his right, and we can't get rid of that because the minute you try to limit somebody's free speech is the downfall of our country because that is the freedom. That is the essential freedom that we need to, to maintain stability and order and prosperity because if people don't have the freedom to speak the truth to each mm-hmm. other and everything just becomes a shadowy lie, yeah. How are you ever going to fix anything? You don't know. Gonna know you're not going to know what the causes of your problems, problems, and you're issues. not going to be able to address them. Mm. Did you watch Drew Lynch's uh, stand-up special? Who? Drew Lynch, the guy who stutters. Mm-mm. Have you ever seen his shit? Probably just like clips. Oh, dude, watch his stand-up special. It's on YouTube. It's free. It's so good. He is so good. Tell me, like what 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 drew you into him? Um. We'll it's the attention. the quality of his jokes and his punchlines. Mm. The he's a good comedian. That's what I like about him. And he's using his disability mm-hmm. to his advantage in his comedy. And he's very real and honest in his comedy. And that's why I like him. Like he has a bit in his special about trans people, mm-hmm. but he never got the backlash. I don't think it's because he's disabled. I think it's because what he said has some truth to it. So in his bit, when he was talking about the trans community, he said, you have the right to be offended. Don't get me wrong. But we have the right to be surprised. If I have known you for 10 years and I don't talk to you for three years and the next time I see you, you don't have your dick anymore and you're a woman, I'm going to be surprised. Mm. That doesn't mean I hate you. Correct. It's just a natural, that, that's what surprise is. It's I know this thing is this one thing before, Mm -hmm. and without me knowing, it has changed into this thing. So I'm going to react with fucking surprise. And people in the trans community are mistaking surprise for hate. Mm. Do you think you compared that comedian uh, to what Dave Chappelle did and, like, the lack of backlash? But I think about the lack of backlash that comes from anything Joe Rogan goes up and fucking says at this point. Yes, Joe Rogan is a fucking idiot, and no one should be taking advice from him whatsoever. He doesn't, he doesn't get nowhere near it. It's just like Spotify was like, oh, that's all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's he says worse shit on his platform, and no one cares. Like, yeah, you'll see some articles about it, but it's like you don't have people trying to cancel his podcast. Like, I, like, I want to see that movie that Dave Chappelle put out. 
that the the one that essentially he was gonna have it run in theaters and then because of the trans mm-hmm. shit like it only came out in select theaters like I want to see that because I think it's important it's an important part of the conversation Joe Rogan is just he's so based on fear and scarcity that all of his perspectives are from uh, they're coming to get us hmm. mindset I think um, like I said true Comedy is the one, uh, that freedom speech, where I think everything is on the table. And just like you said, uh, the different things that kind of influence that is the medium is coming from, or coming through, or out. Uh, just like a similar guy named Ed DeVoe. He's a comedian. Um, he's a very disabled person, and he will just go straight into it. Like, he was just, like, small, needs, like, ramp, get up the stage. And he'll just say, oh, as you can see... I took the vaccine. Pretty wild side effects, right? <laughs> I know. Yesterday I was six foot four, all muscular, and it's just like he does a great job just playing into that. He'll make jokes about just living on disability. What's that like? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think based on what's coming out of or who it's coming out of, everything is on the table. Mm-hmm. And then I ask, I love asking people this question: What do you think is a hundred percent off limits that I can't talk about in a, in a joke? Nothing. Exactly. Nothing. And the one response I would get, and it was like early in me watching comedy, uh, where I saw it happen, was someone say, rape. And I said, nope. You want to know why? There was a victim, and that victim will tell her story. And for a lot of those people, that's the first time talking about it. Mm-hmm. And it's a type of therapy. And so you're telling that person can't share their story of something traumatic that happened to them. You say, well, I didn't mean it like that. Well, I'm just saying that every topic is on the table. Mm-hmm. Like, another one people would probably say, pedophilia. Yeah. Like, there's nothing funny about pedophilia. It's like, there kind of is. Yeah. Like, have you ever watched any of those To Catch a Predator shows? They're funny as shit. Hilarious. You see the the types of people that show up to fuck kids? With beer? With beer. With freaking condoms. There's a guy on, on YouTube from Grand Rapids. Um, his channel is called Anxiety War. Okay. And he's our very own, like, Catch a Predator guy. He has videos of people from Grand Rapids showing up where he pretends to be like a little fucking kid. And then he'll go and confront them in the park being like, hey, this is the, your cock that you sent me. And you thought that I was like a 13-year-old girl. So what's the deal with that, buddy? Uh, what's Tommy who's the Eagles fan? Huh? Remember him? EP, EDP 450 or something like that. Big guy, Eagles fan, known for his rants. Oh, yes, yes. Woo! Internet changed up on him real fast. Mm-hmm. No, that's nuts. But it's like, like I said, that even in that situation, nasty, nasty. Mm-hmm. Who it is, what's happening, what they're bringing to fuck kids. It's like, yeah, it's it's terrible. But if if you can't laugh at some of the 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 irony and some of the sheer stupidity of the people doing it, like. I'm sorry that your life is, is, is so miserable that you can't get a kick out of these things because it's funny. I think everything's on the table. I think any joke can be spoken about except abortion jokes because there's no delivery. Oh. All right. That was, that was it. I plan to use that one in one of Oh, thank you for that. I love abortion jokes. I love abortion jokes as much as I love school shooting jokes, retarded jokes, and any other jokes that are... That may cause somebody to get super upset. Those are my favorite kinds of jokes. 
Well, speaking of all the tragedy and whatnot, like when we first after came back to comedy, uh, everyone had so many COVID-19 jokes. But back to a bit more serious, uh, why do you think we're still in this predicament? Because people are stupid. That's, that's, why, that's why. Because people are believing shit on the internet instead of believing the advice of their doctors. Uh, I understand that some people may be put off because historically the government hasn't treated everybody like I understand why black people might want to get might not want to get a vaccine because mm-hmm. of like Tuskegee syphilis shit and yeah. or not Tuskegee syphilis Tuskegee is it Tuskegee Experiment. yeah 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 and then the uh, other one is uh, the projects to have for human. Uh, Population control, mm-hmm. where they the would eugenics. sterilize. Yep, mm-hmm. they would sterilize black women. I understand that, but if you're worried about something like that, go talk to your doctor, or just get a doctor of color. Yeah, or get a doctor. Exactly. I mean, you probably should have a doctor of color. I know yeah. it's, it's strongly recommended. Yeah, because you can't you can't relate to your doctor and your doctor probably isn't going to believe a lot of the things you say because they have biases. Mm-hmm. It's it's just like women who have men as doctors gynecologists are just doctors oh, and just doctor in doctors in general mm-hmm. like men don't believe a lot of what women are saying because they're women like they could be in x amount of pain but a man will think like oh well she should be able to tolerate this like i'm not gonna you know they just they they brush it off you need to have somebody that looks like you in order to relate to you so that you can be honest about what you're going through mm. and what you're feeling and what you're worried about and you should be having that conversation with your doctor instead of looking it up on the fucking internet. Do you think, uh, and this is like a sidebar, do you think gynecologists uh, should be like, I don't know, what restrictions do you think it should be should even be placed with that? What do you mean? I always get I always get a little uh, fascinated by it sometimes. Like, like, do you, like there shouldn't be men gynecologists? No, not that at all. It's just like, we got to monitor what kind of porn this guy's watching, probably, or something. Because you think about it like this. All right. Oh, I saw a police officer. I want to be a police officer. I want to be a doctor of vaginas. I want to hear where this turning point came uh. at this point for this person. Because it's just like, you know, you got someone where it's just like, all right, you know what? I really want to be a doctor. Uh, I want to be a police officer, a firefighter, because I see these things. What the fuck were you seeing growing up where you were like, I want to be a doctor that just peers into the vagina? I, they probably have some traumatic stories. <laughs> yeah, and I'm very curious about what they watch for porn. Yeah, you think they get into some weird shit? Uh, I get in weird shit, and I'm nowhere near. It's like what kind of weird shit do you get into nowadays? Yeah, I'm um, like a big milker now. Milker, like yeah. sitting on the table, dick through a hole, milker. Love watching it. Interesting. I've only seen like one or two of those videos, and they just don't really do it for me. <laughs> they do it for me. Well, I mean, whatever works, right? I'm more of a when I watch porn. It's because I want to experience something that I don't believe would ever happen in my life. So I go for the extremes, not like the fucked up, like stomping on your balls and cock with stilettos extremes, but just like... That's real. Super, like, six foot eight guy, four foot five chick. And you're just like, where does it go? Oh, I was gotten a Piper Perry, uh... Uh, streak at one point where I was just watching her get like penetrated by those big black men and then I watched the iconic white shirts one mm-hmm. yeah it was interesting black makes some of the best porn they, they do. do they do and then you have uh, what was it they call it bleached 
It's not the same. Like, it's not, not the same. Yeah, I was like, oh, I don't like, like stop, this one. Like, stop trying to cop. Like, it feels a little more rapey in the bleach compared to the blacked. Yeah. Because it almost feels like a... Yo, take this white dick. Yeah, take this white dick instead of like... A, like almost like a... It's like... It doesn't feel like a fetish. It feels more like a control yeah. type of thing. Mm. Yeah. Doesn't really do it for me. That and it's just... I have a hard time believing that there's... Like I know there are white guys out with, out there with like 9, 10 inch hogs. But just yeah. like... How often? Yeah. How often? What's 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 the data set look like? I bet there's some outliers, but it's not an everyday thing. Yeah. Gotta go do some research. Yeah. But, I mean, when it comes to COVID, dude, here's what we need to do. <laughs> that was a wild backstab. <laughs> yes. Yes. What we need to do is stop fucking talking about it. Talking about COVID? Yeah, okay. like do what you need to do so that we can just get over it. Go get the shot, wash your hands, put on a mask. That's all you have to do. If you you're unwilling to do any of that. If you're unwilling to do those things, it's because you're selfish. Mm-hmm. And if you say, oh, my body, my choice, like, yes, your body, your choice, but your body, your choice is causing people to die. Mm. It's causing people like my brother-in-law to die. He was like mid-30s, healthy guy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where he died because he got COVID. Damn y'all! Is that when you are talking about like the more recent one? Mm-hmm. Oh god! Yeah, that happened earlier this year. He left behind three kids under seven. And people still who's, say, "Who's ha- who's taking care of him now?" The mom. Yeah, I mean, oh. it's it's a it's a we tr- we try to do it as a family oh. because it's like it can't be easy raising three kids under seven. And yeah. she's like the director of a preschool, so she's pretty busy and. I can't imagine the pain that she has been put through. Now, do you, do you, you people listening to this, do you still think it's your fucking choice? You're right. Like, do you think that you should have the, you should have the choice to say, "No, nah, I don't want to do this because uh, it's my body and I don't want to put it in here," even though that it, it might uh, cause other people to die. Like, there are some mad ignorant people out there. You'd yeah, be surprised. It's, it's it's selfish, dude. Why is everybody so selfish? Because that's all they kind of care about at the end of the day. Sometimes them, what's best for them. They don't think about what's best for other people. Yeah. I think uh, that's one of my decisions why I know I I don't want to uh, raise a kid because I'm too selfish mm-hmm. for me and the person I'm with. I would only look out for our best interest. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would have the capacity to look out for a third person's best interests. I agree. That's that's we talked about this last time I was on the <clears throat> podcast, but that's one of the reasons why I don't want to have a kid either. Like I said, I I think I'd be a great dad. You but I but but I'm selfish and I I give back the times that I'm selfish are after I've already done all the Cook Leadership Academy stuff. Mm-hmm. After I've already put in my time doing service work for the university. After I'm done working at Habitat for Humanity after I'm done volunteering with 4-H or whatever. That's my time. So mm-hmm. that's, I can be selfish. And I do that because that I know that there are other people out there who don't have the capacity to do all of that other stuff and that they're going to put all of that effort into not being selfish into their kid. I know that I wouldn't because I get my fulfillment from outside of that family life. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't want to also get it from inside that family life because that means I'm going to stop doing the stuff outside my family life. And that's what keeps me happy. That's the only reason I do all that shit is I do it for a selfish reason. Yeah. Because it creates a positive feedback loop in your head. Mm-hmm. You do it. You feel good. You want to do it again. You feel better. And it just it keeps growing on it. That's what people miss about volunteering and organizing in the community and helping people who are less fortunate is you don't do it to help them. In a sense, you do. But you do it to help you. Mm-hmm. It's both. Uh, I, I'm trying to figure out if I, cause like I said, with me, I like I love helping people because, yeah, that gets my joy. That, I, that gets mm-hmm. my jimmies going, you know. But, you know, I didn't think about it more of just like, yo, so. Because it's like even when they have something else but that comes up, am I upset with myself because of my lack of ability to help them? Or am I upset for them because I know how much it's emotionally meant to them? Like I've had people where they have um, – Man, I, I it, it fucking it's hard to get through like a ten week program with people with COVID because someone gets it or something, and then when you're not when it's something that's dealing with momentum so much, and you're slowing down or you're just coughing up, and you might, you know, basically Valsalva, you might cause an issue in your back with a disc, a disc injury, and it's just like all right, we're back to square one, mm-hmm. and you, I see you're emotionally defeated, and mentally defeated, and the thing is, I. We almost feel like anything we're doing now is going to be pointless, because wherever your mind's at, that's where the body follows. Yeah. So if you think it, if you think you can, you can. If you think you can't, you can't. Either way, you're going to be right. Exactly. And you have to know yourself to know that, dude. And that's the biggest thing is that people are out here having fucking kids without even knowing themselves, because they're afraid to have conversations in depth about things like this. What do you feel uh, about people who are truly geared? or uh, pop- properly pair- prepared to bear and raise children these days. What are your thoughts about uh, those are the people you feel should be having the kids? or you know. I mean, anybody is entitled to have a kid, but if, if, if you've, yeah, they, they are. I mean, that's their right as a, should it be? That's the big question. Yeah. Should we allow fucking idiots to have kids? No. But do we want to turn into the movie Idiocrity? Because that's what we're, we're heading towards. To where all it is is the idiots are having way more kids than the super smart people aren't. We need people like Nathan Lentz and Melanie Lentz. To reproduce. To reproduce because they're good people. They have good values. They do. They're hardworking. They want to better their community. They want to better their friends. They want to better their family. And that's the kind of kids that we should be raising. Mm-hmm. But that's that's not no. how it goes. Yeah, I was going to say that's far. There's a... There's them that, that have one kid, and then there's someone who, uh, let's say I'm I'm in high school, and I hear they're coming up to high school, and they already have two. Mm-hmm. And they are about to be a freshman. I love my sister. I'm not going to say which one specifically, but one of my sisters. You love both a, your sisters? I love all four of my sisters. There we go. I love all four of my sisters, um, undoubtedly. But they got pregnant very young, and... Because they got pregnant very young, they limited their own opportunities for growth. And then they got in cycles of bad decision making and arguably, like it's 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 not nice to say, but bad parenting. And because of that, the kids are in a position psychologically and emotionally that they're 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 stunted. Mm. You know, they don't they don't have the same capacity as as Nate Lentz's kids are gonna have in ten years. Mm-hmm. Because they can't sit still, because they're probably always giving like tablets or TVs all the time, 
because they don't listen to authority, because they have no kind of like moral conscience in them because their parents have never taught them anything like that. Mm-hmm. Growing up in front of a screen, the yeah. worst kind. Uh-huh. I, I will admit there are some great things about it. And people tell me they, never mind. No, eh, no. Say it. When they slip their kids melatonin, that blows my mind. Doesn't it? It's just like, he said, yeah, I just, I really need some sleep this, this evening. That's, like, that's like when, when people say, oh yeah, I, uh, I just give my dog a bunch of Benadryl because I, like, I want to sleep. And it's like, A, Benadryl doesn't work on dogs, you idiot. Mm. And B, you shouldn't be just drugging your dog because you don't want to deal with them. Don't have a dog if you don't want to bear the responsibility of ownership. Same thing with children. Yeah. Don't have children if you don't want to bear the responsibility that 18, bare minimum 18 years of, of raising this human to be a good person. Because that's your job as a parent. To A, make sure that they don't get killed. And B, don't do the killing. Don't do the killing, yeah. Hence the parents charged. Yeah, they deserve to be charged. Oh, yes. Because they're god-awful people. And I'm glad there's accountability actually being shown and displayed. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel very little remorse for the parents I feel more remorse for the shooter because I see more of myself in him than the parents and yeah I right so oh no the white man is telling me that he I'm kidding okay it's not like I was ever gonna be a school shooter but I had instances in high school where I was not bullied but just like intimidated because I was cheating on somebody's girlfriend and they were older, and they thought it would be cool to just, like, pick on me all the time. And they ended up, like, I, I had to walk home from high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, they thought that it would be fun to just, like, follow me home all the time. Yeah. And it got to the point where, like, I was really thinking, like, what do I need to protect myself mm-hmm. from these people? Because they're going to come after me. And that's what ended up happening was a bunch of my friends leading me to a party and yeah turning stabbing me in the back and trying to get my ass kicked but it's it's uh water under the bridge now i just it's i'm i'm not mad at people anymore i understand why they did it i was a bit of a dick but i was a huge dick back then (laughs) (coughs) a little bit yeah a huge bit i deserved a lot of what came to me because i treated people terribly uh I still think about because I mean we all I I've had plenty of unpleasant high school times where I was like picked on or bullied. I don't know. For I'm trying to think where I even you know where did I place that anger? I think I just placed it actually in the sports. Yeah. I didn't place it into my studies necessarily. I was like, this has to be done. I don't think I placed it into anywhere healthy except for sports either. Because that was really my only outlet in high school. Mm-hmm. Because, like, after that happened, that happened my sophomore year, I really didn't have, like, very, what I, I felt like I didn't have, like, very many friends from my sophomore <clears throat> into the end of my junior year. Because I had this group of friends I've been hanging out with for the last three, four years, then they did this thing to me, so I don't want to, I don't want to be friends with them. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's, that I think that is one of the defining moments in my life that I can look back upon now and say, this is where something happened and it caused a change mentally and emotionally that had a positive impact on my character because of the bad things that happened to me. You know, 
I went through terrible things, so I don't want to those terrible things to happen to other people because I know how bad it was. So I want to help them navigate how to not have that happen to you. Mm. And that's why I'm a, a leader and a mentor, and I try to be to, to the people I interact with. Even if that just means, like, picking up a piece of garbage when you're walking in the hallway at school. Because those little things matter. Like, yeah. people see that on an everyday basis, and that's how we have an impact in the world, is, is those little everyday things. Mm. Damn. Oh. Try to think. I always try to think about different scenarios, like because I, I do believe one choice um, could detour uh, something from occurring. But I also, I'm a firm believer that it's never one choice as well. That it's always a culmination of that different things. Hmm. Yeah, dude. You can never. You can. You can't sit. If there's something that happens, anybody that is telling you it's a single thing. They're full of shit. Stop talking to them. Because no, it's a multitude of factors for everything. And until you have that change in mindset that it's a multitude of factors <laughs> that causes something instead of just one thing, you're just going to be angry all the time. Because yeah. that's that's not you talking. That's some ideology, some belief that's talking. Man. I believe in... I believe that. Yeah. Well, Cam, we've had a very very somehow productive podcast i knew i i knew the bar was set high and i you just you just passed it and i was very impressed and honored to speak with you hey dude i i'm i am so grateful to have you in my life and to have an opportunity to come on and just shoot the shit with you for an hour because i haven't got to talk with you a lot in the last god knows how long it's been i haven't got to see you like we're gonna go to that show a few weeks back and then I got real, real anxious and like panicky because of like the new COVID that came out and I was like freaked out about going and then going to like Thanksgiving. So I haven't seen you as much, but I've missed you. So thanks for the opportunity, pal. It was breakaway. I just tried to figure out when was the last time I saw you. Yeah, it was breakaway. So it's been since end of August. Yeah. I miss you as well. Yeah. Uh, Anything you'd like to share with the listeners as a closing message? Yeah. Go see Darius's comedy stand up live. Because he's fucking funny. That's all I have to share. Do, be- do better, people. Be better, people. Stop being such shit people. I will give. I will admit, every time I, I go, someone's always there. And I'm just like, oh, man. Like, they'll surprise me, and I, I do appreciate that as well. But thank you. And always, and as always, it's dairy-free. Thank you for listening to episode 12. It's always an absolute pleasure. Please like, please follow Spotify, Apple. Please share the podcast. Anyone else you think that might like to listen to it or maybe enjoy it as well. And also, please go check out Radio Active Paper Cuts. A new podcast that's on all streaming platforms and also on YouTube as well by Josh Kennedy from Facebook. And hey... I think you'll thoroughly enjoy it as well. Has a lot of interviews about nerdum. And always, please come, feel free to come back. Please feel free to submit some questions. Find me on any social media platform. But most importantly, as always, it's dairy free. <laughs> <laughs>